Hello, and welcome to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. In this podcast, we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. I also have another podcast that is reading and discussing the daily workbook lessons. That one is called A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I love talking with people about A Course in Miracles and the daily lessons, and I welcome interaction and feedback. There are several ways you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I have a Facebook page called A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMFRP, that's A Course in Miracles for Regular People, ACIMFRP at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice message. Actually, you can also make donations on Anchor if you'd like to support this podcast, and I really appreciate that. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode number 88. Today we are continuing in chapter 4, Illusions of the Ego, and we will be starting section 5, The Ego Body Illusion. Okay, our review from last week, we had five takeaways, four from just that episode and one from that whole section, section four. So number one, there is only one reason that we have difficulty staying in alignment with God, and it's not because we can't stay focused on the truth of who we are. It's not a matter of concentration, but it is because We don't place a high enough value on ourselves to make our desire strong enough to do it on a regular basis. Know that this need not be. Number two, disheartened people are useless to themselves and to Jesus, but only the ego can be disheartened. So when we feel disheartened or depressed or defeated, know that this need not be. Number three, we have many opportunities every day to gladden ourselves, yet we refuse most of them. Know that this need not be. Number four, there is no limit to the power of a child of God, but we can limit the expression of our power. Know that this need not be. And number five, the takeaway from the whole section, and that is that when we are experiencing anything less than joy, it doesn't mean we're wrong or we're bad. It just means that we can know that this need not be. All right, here we are, section five, the ego body illusion, paragraph one. All things work together for good, fact. There are no exceptions, except in the ego's judgment. The ego exerts maximal vigilance about what it permits into awareness. And this is not the way a balanced mind holds together. So the ego wants us to feel the fear of trials and tribulations that we see in the world. 
so that we will look to it for protection, thereby reinforcing its own reality in our mind. Focusing on fear keeps the mind unbalanced. Continuing. The ego is thrown further off balance because it keeps its primary motivation from your awareness and raises control rather than sanity to predominance. So controlling a situation through fear can be a powerful tool, but it is far from sanity. Sanity, in reality, is much more powerful than fear. Continuing, the ego has every reason to do this according to the thought system which gave rise to it and which it serves. The thought system that gave rise to the ego is the thought system of separation. Continuing, sane judgment would inevitably judge against the ego and must be obliterated by the ego in the interest of its self-preservation. Well, that makes sense because sanity would dissolve the ego. Paragraph two. This paragraph really stumped me for a while. There was so much in here that just did not make any sense. So it took me several days of reading and pondering and meditating. And finally, I believe that I received a good interpretation of this paragraph. So I'm going to read, just read the paragraph the way it is. And then I'm going to go back and take the paragraph apart and speak to each piece of it. Paragraph two, a major source of the ego's off-balanced state is its lack of discrimination between the body and the thoughts of God. Thoughts of God are unacceptable to the ego because they clearly point to the non-existence of the ego itself. The ego, therefore, either distorts them or refuses to accept them. It cannot, however, make them cease to be. It, therefore, tries to conceal not only the quote-unquote unacceptable body impulses, but also the thoughts, capital T, of God, because both are threatening to it. Being concerned primarily with its own preservation in the face of threat, the ego perceives them as the same. By perceiving them as the same, the ego attempts to save itself from being swept away as it would surely be in the presence of knowledge. All right, now starting over. A major source of the ego's off-balanced state is its lack of discrimination between the body and the thoughts of God. That statement confused me because I never thought about the ego not discriminating between the body and the thoughts of God. The term thoughts of God refers to us, God's children. We were created as thoughts in the mind of God. But here, as is in so many places in this work, the same word or term can be used for more than one thing. Here, I think that the thoughts of God could be us or it could be referring to God's thoughts in our minds, our communication with God. 
So if the ego isn't discriminating between the body and the thoughts of God, that means that the ego is combining our bodies and our mind, making them one and the same. And it can also mean that the ego is not discriminating between our bodies and our true selves. In other words, teaching us, telling us that our bodies are our true selves. Continuing, thoughts of God are unacceptable to the ego because they clearly point to the non-existence of the ego itself. So in the first term, in the first sentence, the term thoughts of God is referring to the ego not discriminating between our bodies and our true selves. In the second sentence, it's referring to thoughts we think with God. Continuing, the ego, therefore, either distorts them or refuses to accept them. So the thoughts we think with God are either distorted by the ego or outright rejected by it. The idea of oneness with God and each other is an example of an idea that is completely rejected by the ego. An example of a thought that is distorted might be the idea of the existence of God. Some people outright deny the existence of God, but others really want to believe in God. So the ego says, all right, God does exist, but he's way up in heaven, separate from you, and he doesn't love you really. He's always looking down on you, watching for you to commit a sin so he can throw a lightning bolt at you. Continuing, it cannot, however, make them cease to be. So, yeah, something that God created can never be unmade. So even if the ego, whether the ego distorts the thoughts of God or just refuses to accept them, he can't, it can't make them cease to be. So this next line was one of the main things that really stumped me. I was under the impression that the ego liked bringing attention to our bodies to prove its reality to us. So when in this next sentence, Jesus talked about unacceptable body impulses, it didn't make sense. So I did some research online and what I found was statements of things like sexual desires or food desires. But again, why would the ego find those things unacceptable? It doesn't make sense. The ego likes to bring attention to our bodies to enforce the reality of them. So what does it mean? Let's read it. It therefore tries to conceal not only the quote-unquote unacceptable body impulses, but also the thoughts of God because both are threatening to it. So the ego understandably wants to conceal the thoughts of God from us because it doesn't want us thinking with God or knowing our true identity. But it also hides the quote-unquote unacceptable body impulses. So what are those? Well, um, the idea of body impulses triggered something in my mind. And 
I remembered reading somewhere in the text something about distortions of miracle impulses. So I did a search for that, and it turns out that that is in Chapter 2, Section 7, titled Distortions of Miracle Impulses. And it says, your distorted perceptions, and I'm adding the thoughts distorted by the ego, continuing with this quote, produce a sense, I'm sorry, not sense, a dense cover over miracle impulses, making it hard for them to reach your own awareness. The confusion of miracle impulses with physical impulses is a major perceptual distortion. Physical impulses are misdirected miracle impulses. So that shows that the phrase unacceptable body impulses is referring to distorted miracle impulses because the ego certainly wouldn't want any miracle impulses going on. So the idea of us thinking with God and knowing who we are or having miracle impulses, all of those things are threatening to the ego's existence. Continuing. Being concerned primarily with its own preservation in the face of threat, the ego perceives them as the same. So that is thinking with God and having miracle impulses. Both are the same to the ego. Continuing, by perceiving them as the same, the ego attempts to save itself from being swept away as it would surely be in the presence of knowledge. So the purpose behind the ego perceiving the thoughts of God as unacceptable body impulses is that either, either one would unveil true knowledge, which of course, would completely unmake the ego. Well, I think that's enough for today. I have three takeaways today. Number one, all things work together for good. The only exception to that is in the ego's judgment. Number two, The ego controls us through fear. It makes the world seem very scary and ourselves seem vulnerable. And number three, both thinking with God and experiencing miracle impulses will completely unmake the ego. This week, I wish you a week of thinking with God and experiencing miracle impulses. Many blessings. Namaste.